God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Let me tell you how the Woman Evolved podcast is an adult. We have been adulting for the last 10 weeks in ways, if you're watching on Facebook Live, take a minute and look at the adulting that's happening. We are trying to do the work of the Lord. First of all, I want to take a minute and just talk about how this podcast started. Me and my office in Denver. I want to talk about how when I moved out of my office in Denver that I had no quiet place in my house in California. So I did it from my closet. Let me tell you how the Lord just keeps on blessing me. Let me tell you, we are now live at the Woman Evolve headquarters with our new podcast set. Y'all, she better. Who is she? You is she. You is she. Because what have you been doing with your life since we've been off? Have you been being better? You told me that during these 10 weeks we were going to do better. And now I need to know what is your life about? What are you doing? What have you been up to? Chow. You know the drill. Drink your water. Mind your business. That is the woman evolve way. We've been minding our business. Have you been drinking your water? Have you been minding your business? For those of you who are listening for the first time, this is season six of the woman evolve podcast. And there is something very important for you to know. I do not do this podcast by myself. If you're watching on Facebook live, you're like, wait a minute. It's just her. There's just one chair. There's just one person doing this thing. That is not the only host of this podcast. This podcast would be nothing if it weren't for the delegation. The delegation is tuning in literally from all over the world. I see my homegirls chiming in. I see Brenda Blout, who says she loves the new set. Billy Edwards says, hey, it's my first live ever. I've been minding my business and drinking my water. Natalie Janice says, y'all, I still eat pizza and drink juice, but I still want to be saved. Listen, we're going to rescue all of the saints because let's talk about how life has been out here doing the things. (sighs) So much has happened in the 10 weeks since we've been together. So much and 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 things that just have left us eating our feelings. I was doing really well. I did my Daniel fast. I was minding my business. And then I got really emotional over the passing of Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant and all of those, the Artabelli family, uh, Coach Mouser, Sarah and Peyton. Let me tell you how I am so inundated by this story that I literally feel like I am tracking everyone's family. And I started eating my feelings. I was minding my business, drinking my water, eating my vegetables and minding my business. And then I started eating my feelings because what life and then child parenting. Does anyone want to talk about parenting? It's it does the most parenting does the absolute most. And so I have been on the struggle bus, but I'm trying to get on the good fit. If you've been watching the woman evolve TV in it to win it series, then you know that last night we talked about the need for us to take baby steps when pursuing our goals. Sometimes we become so overwhelmed with the things that we're supposed to be doing that we end up just completely falling off the wagon so I'm off the wagon but instead of trying to like jump full throttle from where I am now into being vegan my goal is to just do the right thing right so like yesterday I had a shake today I'm going to do one thing that is the right thing to add to the thing that I did yesterday and then I'm going to look up and I'm gonna have a six-pack it could be 10 years from now okay 
not going to lie. It could be 10 years from now, but I'm going to have a, side, a six pack because that is what the Lord wants for me. I see it. I feel it. I sense it. Every time I see someone's six pack, my baby leaps. If I wasn't supposed to have a six pack, my baby wouldn't leap. But my baby leaps when I see a six pack. That's how I know that God wants that for my life. Okay. How about that? Debbie Marie says, oh, it's scroll. First of all, shout out to the delegation for just being here and being in the building. The comments are scrolling in. Tracy says, I was minding my business until my dad passed. I've been eating my feelings. Pray for sister Tracy. We're praying for you. Grief is terrible. So, so sorry that you're going through that. And for anyone who was dealing with grief during this season, it's hard. So today says, what a pleasant surprise. Yes, news said. We trying to do a little something. What have you been doing? What has been happening in your world? Okay, I have an update. A very important update. Um, Orange Theory. I have not been going. I've been cheating on Orange Theory and not with Chick-fil-A like I usually do. I've been cheating on Orange Theory because Santa Claus... Santa Claus don't exist. Okay, my husband bought me a Peloton treadmill for Christmas and I have been on my Peloton treadmill and I am canceling my Orange Theory membership. Oh goodness, you heard it here first because I will not walk past my treadmill to go to Orange Theory. If I don't want to go to Orange Theory, then I don't want to get on my treadmill. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, there's no instance in my life where I say, you know what? I'm going to walk past this treadmill and instead I'm going to go to Orange Theory. I don't see it happening. I know me. Okay, so maybe I won't cancel it. Lies. Lies. I'm already lying and it's just season one. I don't think I'm going to cancel it. I'm just going to downgrade my membership. I'm going to downgrade my Orange Theory membership and that is going to be life. Okay, so Jessica Easterling says she is down 27 pounds, but I just ate the tachos from Sonic for lunch that's all right that ain't no problem that ain't no problem sis that's fine live your life you're down 27 pounds you slip we fall down but we get up that's what that's what I feel for you in this season okay Sharon says come on new treadmill the Lord has blessed me Patrice says I put on 10 pounds I need a treadmill anointing I don't I didn't say I had a treadmill anointing see we got mm -mm. I said I have a treadmill I don't have a treadmill anointing Elizabeth said Orange Theory should have sponsored you child show should it but God you see what happens if you miss your window how God I just say move on move on out the way you had a window but the window is gone Karen says I am down 120 pounds you know you better 120 pounds is an incredible feat congratulations on that Denisha says your hair is slaying SJR let me tell you how I put on this new wig for y'all I said, it's podcast time. <laughs> she needs to put some tousled hair, some tousled hair on for the podcast season. Okay, because life has been trying to tousle me. Jasmine says, I didn't gain weight, grace, and peace. Sometimes, sometimes, let me tell you how it happens like that. When I was skinny, when I was like size zero skinny, you know, I had some peace, but I don't know if I had purpose and direction. Now I have purpose and direction and I have an extra 20 pounds. And when I say it ain't no problem, what I mean from the bottom of my heart is that it ain't no problem. All right. Venus Williams says, I have equipment, but I walk by it and go to a group workout. I need people. I understand you got to get it how you live. All right. Listen, y'all know what time it is. It's Rescue Eve time. 
Now, I'm going to explain this for about two episodes into season six. And then after that, I'm not going to explain what Rescue Eve is. You are on your own, okay? Rescue Eve is when we take a minute and we look at what's happening in the news, what's happening in the world, and we say, hold up, swell up. You know better, but you didn't do better. Much like our homegirl Eve. Eve knew better, but she didn't do better. But instead of penalizing her the way we have for years and years and years, we say, you know what? Let's look at this from another perspective. What is one way that you uh, could have found yourself in a situation where you knew better but didn't do better? And that's what we do for Rescue Eve, okay? I've been doing my homework. I have been studying. And I want to present to you a gentleman. Um, This gentleman whose name I didn't even write down on thing. That's all right. That ain't no problem. But they just say he's a Canadian businessman. Okay. His name is Bruce McConville. This Canadian businessman and failed mayoral candidate was thrown in jail for 30 days after telling a judge he burned $1 million Canadian dollars in cash in two separate bonfires to avoid paying his wife, spousal, and child support as a part of their divorce settlement. According to a report published Tuesday in an Ottawa Superior Court hearing last week, Bruce McConville, 55, told a judge that he withdrew about a million Canadian dollars, about $750,000 U.S. dollars, and 25 separate withdrawals from six separate bank accounts and he claimed he burned the cash in two bonfires. Let me tell you something. A lot of times we commend women for being petty. But Bruce wants to be acknowledged for his pettiness. Bruce said, not today. He says, you're not going to get these funds on today. He said he did not record the bonfires and no one witnessed him setting the cash ablaze. So the judge says, can I back you up a little bit? When you say destroyed it, what do you mean? And he responded to the Superior Court Justice that he burnt it. He burnt almost a million dollars in cash to keep someone, his wife, from having it. That's a shame. He should have known better and he should have done better. Does anyone want to rescue him? Is there one amongst us delegation that is willing to take this L? Because it's going to be an L because the delegation. Now, let me tell you all something. Had this been a woman and see this would see y'all not right. Because had this been a woman who burned, I don't know though. I don't know. There is no excuse to burn perfectly good money. I don't care. Hide it. I mean, well, not because hiding it is not integrous, but we just burning money. I, who got money to burn? Have we seen these gas prices? Have we seen what is happening in the world on today? We don't have money to burn. Rachel Harvey says 750 whole racks, 750. Yes, Rachel, he burned it. Cree Davis says no rescue if he is avoiding his child's support that's jail time ashley williamson said crazy he should have gone he should have gave it away for someone else to hold for his child true can we just decide that we just gonna put it into some type of account where neither one of us touch it but burning it who got money to burn rita wells says no rescue for bruce abigail says i love the new setup hey child we trying to do a little something something natalie dixon says bruce can't even get a floaty he could have donated those funds to me i am with you natalie I I only present the stories. I can't back them up. I want I think in my heart of hearts I want to rescue you because I think that the Lord has rescued us. It never fails. Whenever we do live podcasts, someone always stands up when none of us can find the strength to rescue. And you know what they say? 
They say, we ought to rescue him because God sent Jesus to rescue us. Who wants to be that person on today? Who wants to be that person over this million dollars that got burned? Shakina Small says he got money to burn. He got money to save himself. Well, I think that was the benediction. That's that's the whole end of that whole situation right there. Because if he got money to burn, he could say, you're right. I ain't even think about it like that, but she right. Jasmine Shante Robinson says, I should have sown a seed with the, I should have sown a seed with that child. Kelly says, no rescue, but Sarah, we need you to stand up and twirl. Why? Ooh, why, child? Y'all want to see this shirt? Uh, Tiana Sykes says, I don't believe him. It's an beautiful, beautifully laughable lie. Patrice says, absolutely not make your boat out of paper towels. The delegation came ready to, okay, so just forget I brought that story up. We're not ready. We're not ready to rescue him. Okay, so we're not going to rescue the Canadian businessman who burned almost a million dollars to keep from having to pay spousal support. We can't do it. Not in this season of our lives. Okay, next question. Do we want to rescue Leslie Lewis? I know we're going to rescue Leslie Lewis. I'm going to I know we are because I know the delegation. Leslie Lewis is an expectant mother of four who found herself having to defend criticism of her growing family. Last Monday, Leslie Lewis took to her wildly popular Instagram page, which features pictures and videos of her family and their adventure to address criticism about her large brood. Pregnant with baby number five, Lewis revealed in her post that people were questioning how she could afford all of her children, among other comments. Now, that didn't seem so bad. Um, well, I mean, it's terrible. But I think the thing is that people were actually like, because if I let me explain. If I, having six children, saw a comment where somebody was like, how you even feed all them kids? You know, that is one thing. But someone actually being like, how are you having more children? This is inappropriate. Someone even DM'd her and asked her, was she on welfare? I want to find the exact comment that she put here. Yeah, she said, the last straw was when another woman felt the need to send me really hurtful messages, assuming I must be on welfare and how I should be on birth control. And this is where people need to join... Mind your business ministries. If this is your first time listening, it's season six. You're like, what is this? What is even happening? We're talking about news stories. We're talking about wigs. I don't even know what's happening in this world. This is what I want you to know. One of the things that have brought all of us together is not just this podcast. It's not just Woman Evolve. It's not even me. What has brought us together is our commitment to minding our business. If Leslie Lewis wants to mind her business and part of minding her business is having as many beautiful little babies she wants to have that is her business and her business alone and if you were a part of mind your business ministries you would never ask someone how they can afford to pay for their children or whether or not they are on welfare minding your business is powerful it has never hurt anybody it has never made someone become something that the world doesn't love minding your business is what we need to do in this season Ava says mind your business I posted that before you spoke it Angelica Rivera says, I have five children and I always get what feels like not positive remarks, but I have to always say I love having all my babies. We have six children and it's amazing to have a house full of children and 
Mind your business. Taylor says, yes, mind your business. She is a married woman and can have, if she wants to have several babies, she can because that's her prerogative. Crystal says, and I doubt none of those people asking her are helping her with them kids. I'm sure, because here's the thing. I'm not asking you to feed them, okay? If I was asking you to feed them, maybe you could ask me what I'm going to do. What's my next move? But as long as I'm sitting here taking care of them, feeding these kids, you got to mind your business. Thanks to bless you. Denisha says, amen. Mind your business. Sis. It will help you tremendously. So I know we're going to rescue her. And I tried to like, I didn't know how you guys were going or what you guys were going to do about the Canadian businessman. I wasn't sure whether or not you all would want to rescue him. I knew for sure that we would likely rescue Leslie Lewis, who was minding her business. And it sounds like the delegation is all in agreement. Mind your business, drink your water, stay out of mind. We're all, we know, okay? Um, This next rescue, it's going to stretch you, but it's not beyond what you're able to handle, that felt like a word for somebody, this this next rescue, um, because I know you all and I know how some of you all don't be liking to um, rescue people who have done you wrong. But I want to try anyway. I want to try to rescue this this company. It's a company we're going to try and rescue. I'm going to read this story. First of all, I'm going to ask you, delegation, to listen with an open mind. Now is not the time to be you. Be different, delegation. Don't jump to conclusions. When I read the story, don't say, oh, absolutely not. Just keep an open mind, okay? After an Ohio dad received 55,000 copies of his student loan statement, The College Avenue Student Loan Company is who we're going to try and rescue today. Um, Dan Kane of Twinsburg recently received a delivery of 79 plastic bins of mail, each packed with about 700 identical statements from the College Avenue Student Loan Company for the loan he and his wife, Dee, had taken out for their daughter's college tuition. He told the outlet that he knew something was wrong when the clerk at the local post office told him his mail wouldn't fit through their front door. So he made two trips in his truck to pick up the pounds of letter that he's now keeping in his garage for lack of other options. Uh, The College Avenue Student Loan Company reached out to Fox News after this story began to go viral. And they said, we are working with Dan directly on a remedy, including picking up the mail from him if possible and a statement credit for their inconvenience. A statement credit. I want to dig into that. Kane guessed that the mass delivery must have cost the company thousands of dollars to send. If the company used a bulk rate discount of between 18 and 20 cents each, it likely spent up to $11,000 to mail the 55,000 statements. 55,000 statements of the student loan statement has has come to his door. It's at his door, and he's thinking to himself, self, this has got to be a mistake. This has got to be a mistake that cost them thousands upon thousands of dollars. The student loan company, they knew better, right? They should have known better, but they didn't do better in this instance. 
Historically, we don't like rescuing student loan companies because Lord knows they're not trying to rescue us. But I wanted to submit to the delegation uh, whether or not you all would try and rescue them. One thing I want to say is this, that they mentioned giving him a, a credit, some type of credit for the inconvenience. Would you let your student loan company send you 55,000 letters of mail if they put a credit on your student loan statement? That's why I said don't be so quick to judge. Don't be so quick to judge because if we don't rescue them, he's not going to get his credit. But if we do rescue him, maybe he's going to get the credit. Let's see what the delegation says. Kelly Taylor says that is harassment and the loan should be forgiven. She's not lying. She she's not lying. Never even thought about it that way. But where there's a will, there's a way. And this is harassment. This is emotional distress. He ought to sue the student loan company. It's emotional distress. He probably threw his back out trying to go and pick up these letters, his gas, his car and going up and down to the post office with all this extra weight from the letters. I don't know. Judge Judy would probably take this case and I think we could win it. Courtney Smith says this statement better be congratulations. All of your loans have been paid off. Jasmine Crystal says that's too much mail and time on their hands. Credit or not, that's just too far and petty. They are taking it way too far. I think it was an accident, sis. You know, I'm just trying to help my friend out. Lucina Brent says, if the credit is full forgiveness, yes. Brittany Marie Fuller says, Joe, how much of a credit will make a difference? A whole, a whole zero. Make this thing a whole zero. That's the kind of credit I'm trying to see. Bella Danielle says, they can just pay the loan off for them now since them people so bothered. That's what I'm saying. The emotional distress. Renisha Saylor says, why is this so funny? Not let the company drown and take my student loans with you oh no let the company drown she said let if we drown if the company drowns i have a question i'm asking for a friend if a company like the irs or a student loan company just happens to not be rescued something happens all of the computers are thrown into the ocean what does that mean does that mean it, that it's thrown into the sea of forgetfulness and everything attached to it i'm asking for a friend no one in particular when y'all find out the answer y'all can dm me at sarah jakes roberts because i would love to know i would love to know the answer to this marquita davis says those loans should be forgiven that was insanely petty there are no excuses heavenly anointed hair said rescue i'll take all credits so back to this queen camo dress can we get a restock we working on it sis working on restocking the queen camo dress jasmine says sarah i just love you i love you too child Quana child of the soil. First of all, you better. Hey, one of God, when you come to Jamaica, we need to. Hey, child, listen, I want to go to Jamaica tonight. But the way my schedule and my children are set up, I can't do it. Jasmine Smith Young says it depends on the credit. I I have a personal student loan for fifteen thousand, and my payback was twenty eight thousand. They need to forgive his student loan. They need to forgive it right now in the name of Jesus. Brittany McNeil says I'm certain there is a backup plan for the IRS to get their money. The IRS need to the IRS need to get saved. And stop doing this to folks. We tad, we tad, okay? They need to get saved. Remember when you first started working and you didn't know how much money the IRS was going to take out of your check, so you started saying that you was exempt, like you was actually exempt and you wasn't exempt? Is that just me? Am I telling on myself? Is that is that an... A, is that a federal? How? What is the statute of limitations on that? That never happened. Y'all never heard that. We're going to edit that out. Marva Tabbitt says, what's the website to order? Oh, it is shopwomanevolve.com. How about that? That's, that's where you can go to find some of these goodies that you see. 
Uh, Shavandra says I need a Mind Your Business Ministry travel mug We're working on the travel mug And we're working on a water bottle I got you Okay Jasmine says No rescue They need to pay that man's loans <laughs> Jasmine says IRS already know We ain't got it like that So just let it be And clear it out Kwana says I love you My reason for being alive Oh praise God Thank you for that Teresa says, Pastor says, we, Pastor, we can't save no student loan folks. Sorry. So we're not saving no student loan folks. How about that? Audrey says, we all need forgiveness. Sally Mae, we sorry. Sanquinta says, deferment in the name of Jesus. How about, okay, so are we, we not going to rescue? We going to rescue? We not going to rescue? I think we going to try and rescue. Zakia says, the IRS need to be saved. They be, they've been stealing for years, for years. They've been stealing. Jessica says, hello from Phoenix. I'm a new follower and will be in Denver in July. We look forward to seeing you. Sandra says, no rescue without paid in full. Christiana says, I'm so excited about the Woman Evolved Saints. Okay, so nope. Cassandra says, nope. Uh, Tandy says, nope. All right, so no. We're not rescuing. Okay, we're not going to rescue a student loan company. I tried it. Is that what y'all said? I tried it with that one. No student loan company, uh, no Canadian businessman. We will rescue Leslie Lewis. So, okay, this is going swimmingly. I want to say that. This is my last rescue. This is my last attempt at a rescue, and I think we're going to do it. And hopefully you guys will all agree with me. Do you all know Summer Walker? Summer Walker is an artist. And in a brief Instagram story update last night, she posted that she was never going to make music again. She said to quote, LOL, I'm dead donkey. I said donkey. That's not what she said. She said dead something. I'm saying dead donkey. Uh, for those of you who have a King James version of the Bible, that part that says donkey that they translated into a new King James version, rather that they translated donkey in the King James version, it says something else. I'm going to let you all fill in the blanks to that. But she says, I'm dead donkey. Okay. Never making another song after 2020. Walker said, adding no further context for the remark. In the case of Summer Walker, there is a little more reason to believe that she may actually end up no longer making music. For one, the emerging Atlanta bred singer's career is only just taking off, but she's already addressed the severe anxiety that performing gives her, saying she may stop touring entirely. For another reason that this could actually be something that she's really going to do. It says she has a seemingly love-hate relationship with both the music business and with her fame online, which is ironically where she does most of her venting. She posted a short text message to her Instagram story overnight warning fans of her impending retirement, saying once again, I'm dead donkey. Never make another song after 2020. A lot of people have responded with a lot of criticism towards this statement that she's no longer making music, mainly saying that she's got this incredible opportunity and this incredible platform and to turn away or to walk away would how, would in some way like be maybe, I don't know, irresponsible. I think a lot of times people think that just because you have a platform or just because things have taken off for you, that you should honor the promotion or the popularity by sticking to it, even if it's not good for your emotional and mental health. And so I don't know who knows with time and conversation, if this is something that she actually decides to do, but I really feel like we should rescue her because 
at the end of the day, like your talent sometimes takes you to places that you don't necessarily know if you can live in those environments. And I think that we shouldn't hold someone to this responsibility to stay where popularity has taken them. I actually was writing something down when I wrote down this story. And I said that, uh, what do you do when your talent takes you to an altitude where the air is thin? And I think that that's ultimately what happens. I've seen a few stories about Summer Walker basically saying, you know, how she's maybe uncomfortable giving award speeches or uncomfortable in some of the social environments that are connected with her artistry. And I really felt for her. What say ye, delegation? Clarissa says, anxiety is real. Limelight can be a lot for someone. Let's rescue her. Tiffany Lincoln says, you can't do what you can't do. You can't do what you can't do. That's a word, okay? Lucy says, rescue Polo Tink Tink, please. She's struggling. You know, here's the reality is like your dream may be someone else's nightmare. Or sometimes, oh, let's go deeper with this. Put your finger in the air. I feel a word coming. It's in the atmosphere. Sometimes you don't know that your dream is a nightmare until you're living in it. Mm. You be thinking that the dream is to get married or the dream is to get this promotion or the dream is to move to this city. And you think that because you're living in what you thought was your dream that you have to stay there. But the truth is that you... Don't know what you don't know until you know it. And when you know it, you have a responsibility to do something about it. That's all I'm saying. And I don't think there's anything wrong with her living out this dream and saying, wait a minute, I need a minute to really assess how I can navigate this world I'm in. I did the very same thing. So for those of you who don't know my story, like I started blogging and I was just releasing like writing is my thing. I love it. I love words. Like I just, I see words in my head. I see pictures. I see songs. And all of a sudden I just feel words that are connected to those um, different forms of creativity. And so when I started blogging, it was just me blogging from my heart. But then after that, I got a book deal. And when you get a book deal, they want to keep you in front of people. They're like, okay, you got to write another book. You got to write another book. But writing books was never about me like just churning out books and becoming this person who just writes because of money or writes because of popularity. And the last time I wrote a book, Don't Settle for Safe, I ended up telling my publisher and I told my agents, like, I don't want to write another book until I have something that I want to write about. I want to write in a place of freedom. I want to write it from a place of creativity. I don't want to write with pressure. And so I made it, right? I guess I published a book, which is someone's dream. Someone's dream is to have an opportunity to continue publishing books. But the truth is for me that I could not write under that type of pressure. And so I had to risk maybe not having another opportunity to write again, maybe being lost in the sight of my readers and those connected to my work so that when I do write, it's something that I'm passionate about. Being authentic to your core may mean turning down an opportunity that would be someone else's dream or someone else's um, perfect situation because at the end of the day, you got to do what's right for you. Let's see what the delegation is saying though. Courtney Smart says, Summer gets a rescue from me. Everyone handles things differently. She needs time. Shia says, oh, we done upgraded. Where have I been we got the logo and office set up yes sis we doing a little something latrice says we need to rescue her she's having a hard time chanel says rescue what's for you will always be for you and it's if it's not then it wasn't yours jasmine says anxiety is real but if she can work in the club she can perform 
it may, she may have to practice though. She may need some time to figure out how she can do that. Raquel says, I can't wait to see you in Texas. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to see you guys too. Aaron says, it's because you are living your anointing. Me living. Yeah, for sure. Sandra says, rescue Summer. Let her live her life. Lakeisha Marby says, I'm in the process of writing a book. Pray for me to finish. I'm praying for you. I hope you make it past that finish line. No, I know you will make it past that finish line. Stay committed. Stay dedicated. You got this girl. Jasmine Crystal says, no, she needs to, she needs help like prayers and to let God is too many emotions because tomorrow she'll be on Instagram again, twerking and singing. I don't know. I'm just tired of her. It's all right to be tired of folks. It's all, you know what happens? Let me give y'all some insight into what I do when I get tired of people. Cause I'm human. I get tired of folks just like you get tired of folks. You know what I do? I mind my business because sometimes I get tired of folks because I'm too busy minding their business and their business has made me tired. And when I start getting tired from other people, I realize, you know what? I'm too far in your business. I'm too invested into your life. I care more about these things than you do. And you know what I do? I pull my business and my feelings on back and I just say, you know what? Do you? I'm going to pray for you. God's got you, but I am not going to turn into your mother in this situation. I'm not going to try and be your therapist in this situation. I'm going to let you live your good Holy Ghost life and I'm going to come back to try and figure out who I am because sometimes, sometimes saints, we be so busy minding other people's business that we don't mind our own. Now I'm all over in your business and my business is falling apart. How that work? Where they do that at? I don't know. Not here. Timmy say it's a word. Antoinette Corbin says we can't make it in this world alone. Everyone, especially with anxiety, we all need help. I say extend the help and see what she does with it. Totally agree. Sherelle Stanley says that's it. I need to mind my business because I'm tired of folks. Sometimes I'm trying to help you. Tanisha Craft says, now that's good, Sarah. Shanika McNeil says, Harpo, who this woman? I guess we can rescue. I think we should. Minding your business is powerful. And sometimes you need some help minding your business and it takes people readjusting and moving so that you can get the help that you need. I can literally remember telling some of the people who I love dearly and closely, like, I don't have it. I don't have it to give. And you got to know when you don't have it to give. When you don't have it to give, you have to make a decision within yourself to go and get it, though. Okay, you can't just stay stagnant because you don't have it to give. I think that a summer walk on no matter, I don't know where this is going in. Like you said, she could be back on Instagram feeling better tomorrow or she could decide to really take the time off. But what I know for sure is that when you go through life transitions, sometimes you need a minute to just reassess. And there's no better way to take that time to reassess than to really process how your life has changed, to process how you're growing and evolving in those moments. And one of the best ways to do that is with therapy. And that's why BetterHelp is one of the sponsor for today today's podcast. Y'all missed it. Y'all know y'all missed it, but here I am back at it like it never left. Okay. If there is something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, then you can't just accept that it's a part of your life. You have to be willing to do the work that allows the best version of you to show up. BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. You can connect with professional counselors in a safe place and private online environment. It's super convenient. Get help on your time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Licensed professional counselors who are specialized 
in depression, anxiety, sleeping, anger, self-esteem, stress, relationships, trauma, family difficulties, and grief. One of our favorite therapists, Dr. Anita, was one of the counselors on BetterHelp. So that just goes to show you that they know how to pick them. Best of all, it's truly an affordable option. Woman Evolved with Sarah Jakes Roberts, that's me, your homegirl. Our listeners are getting 10% off your first month with a discount code EVOLVE. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash evolve. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash evolve now. Now, okay? Slid it in there on you. We got 10 weeks of this podcast. That's 10 weeks of me finding a way to finesse these ads into this story without making it awkward. And I tell you what, I am going to rise to the challenge every episode. There, there are still ads left in this episode and you don't know when they're coming. Just sit back, wait and see what happens to you. You dig? You feel me? Okay. Patrice says, I love it. I love the ads. Kelly Taylor says, I saw it coming. Says, I love your transitions. That's a gift. And Chandra says, child, that transition was as smooth as a baby's bottom okay how about that all right now okay so we're moving on to hail mary hail mary is a part of the show where we take a minute and acknowledge people who are doing incredible things in the culture in the entertainment sector in politics just in the community all over and so i want to give a hail mary to matthew a cherry Matthew H. Harry is a Chicago filmmaker who won an Oscar on Sunday night at the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles for Best Animated Short Film for Hair Love. Hair Love is a six-minute tearjerker about an African-American father attempting to do his daughter's hair for the first time. I really love this so much for a lot of reasons. There's so much intentionality that he put behind creating this film. He says that you have a situation where mom may have to go into work early and dad has to get the kids ready the gender norms that existed back in the day aren't really the same as they are now I feel like everyone has to step up and get it done black fathers have had one of the worst raps in mainstream media as being portrayed as being deadbeats and not being involved it was important to us to showcase a black father that was young that had tattoos I think if you saw someone like him on the street you would assume that wasn't a loving father that does his daughter's hair Cherry said in an interview with the Associated Press we're just trying to change the conversation one project at a time and that is certainly something that he did evidence of that is today is wash day if you follow me on instagram i'm going to be posting stories from wash day for both ella and Mackenzie. but before i left the house i told ella it's wash day i was like ella um who do you want to wash your hair i'll let you choose who washes your hair before i style it and she was like i want daddy to wash my hair first of all your father's never washed your hair before i don't even know how this is going to go down and he agreed to do it and i hope that he actually does and it will be on instagram live if he does because when i say i can't imagine it but i know that my husband is one who rises to the challenge as well because when i started acting like he couldn't do it he was like shit Put, uh, I got this unlocked, so we're going to see how that goes. But I love this so much because it has made it a norm for uh, black fathers to maybe try and do something that they haven't always been comfortable with or to promote things that they've been doing for a while. So this is going to be amazing. Adrian Hawkins says, watched it with my husband. Hair love is awesome. Keenan Curtis says, sure did. I'm a hairstylist and he brought it home for the win and took the young man with the locks with him. I saw that. 
There was a teen from Texas who wasn't allowed to graduate, I think, because of his locks. I don't know if it wasn't that he they wouldn't let him graduate or wouldn't let him walk because of his dreadlocks. But he took him to the Oscars, which come on, Holy Ghost. How they thought y'all was going to keep me from walking at graduation. And now I'm walking at the red carpet. <laughs> Won't a hater do it? Thinking they send you up to fail and God elevates you. How about that? Uh, Simmeret says, God is so great. I love this life. Sharissa says, don't try Pastor Roberts. You let him take your weave out. I did. You're, you've never lied. I did let my husband take my weave out. So he low key is probably about to finesse this hair washing. Kimberly says PT can do it. I think he can do it too. I know he can do it. So I look forward to that. I'm sure he's going to be texting me about that. So, yes, we're going to give a Hail Joseph to Matthew Cherry. There's someone else, Renee Blewett. Renee Blewett is a Brooklyn, New York-based filmmaker, digital content creator, and PR consultant who also serves as an advocate for black women's accurate representation in the media. With over a decade of experience, Renee has gained valuable insight into black women entrepreneurs' narratives, a passion that she recently channeled into her first film as creative and executive producer of the documentary She Did That. Blewett's first cinematic project, She Did That, explores the passionate pursuits of black women in their entrepreneurship journeys an extension of renee's in her shoes blog she did that offers an intimate peek inside the lives of four black women entrepreneurs who continuously raise the glass ceiling for future generations this film is on netflix and you guys have got to check it out there are approximately 1.9 million black women owned firms that employ over 376,500 staffers and generate 51. $4 billion in total revenues and being exposed to some of the issues that these women face like funding gaps and what it takes to become an entrepreneur is certainly something that I want you all to be exposed to. So when you get a chance, check it out. It's called She Did That and it's on Netflix. I don't know if the delegation has seen that. Star says she did that it was amazing. Christina says, wow. And she sent the hand clap emoji. Jaleesa just logged in. She says, oh, shoot, we got a backdrop now. Hey, Jocelyn said, hey, child, I'm late, but I'm here. It's all right. I was late. I was big time late, you know, Facebook Live. Chanel says it was awesome. Tara says it was a great watch. So you guys have to check it out. Adele says she did that was so amazing. I cannot wait to check it out myself. I saw the story. I thought it was so impactful. So between now and next week, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to tell you guys what I thought about it. That is Renee Blewett with our Hail Mary. And there's one more Hail Mary, Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama is our Hail Mary. She recently did Barclay Center with Oprah for the Weight Watchers tour. And I really appreciated that she opened up about her and Barack's journey as empty nesters. One of the things that Oprah asked was, how is life now that you're empty nesters? Both of your daughters are out of the house. And Michelle Obama says, we're coming back to that point where we see each other again because some of the hardest times in our lives, we just escaped. We survived it, which if you're a married person and to, if you're a person, how about that? Sometimes you can get so busy just surviving what life throws at you that it's hard for you to connect with yourself, let alone another person. So she spoke into that a little bit. She says, we went through a tough time and we did some hard things together, but now we're out on the other end and I can look at him and I still recognize my husband. How powerful is that? I still recognize my husband. I think one of the fears in being in a marriage is like, are you going to be 
this version of you for the long haul, right? And so whenever life starts knocking you off your rocker or you start getting busy, like my husband and I, our lives are picking up a little bit. We've got tour, the podcast is back. We're planning for the next call. The ministries are growing. We've got music coming out. And one of the things that like we get into this rhythm, right? And so when we come home, we have to like snap one another out of that rhythm so that we can see one another again. And maybe that's a word for someone who's in a marriage, in a relationship, and you're trying to figure out what happened to us. We're doing well successfully. We're doing well, maybe financially. Our dreams are finally coming together, but we're not connected anymore. Sometimes we can start focusing so much on who we are becoming that we don't look across to like reintroduce ourselves to our spouse. And that's something that we've got to do. Like, this is who I am now. This is what I need now. Um, you know, maybe life was a little bit easier, but now you kind of battle anxiety because of the responsibilities that you have. Never be afraid to reintroduce yourself to your spouse so that they can always feel connected to you. That's obviously one of the things that Michelle and Barack Obama were able to do. But what I love so much is that she even admitted that they went to therapy, which I just don't think that we can stress enough the importance of sometimes just having an outside opinion. So she says, sometimes you need an objective person to just hear you out. She says, going to therapy gave the former first lady a completely different outlook on her marriage. It taught me that I was responsible for my own happiness. I didn't marry Barack for him to make me happy. No one can make me happy. If I'm going to show up equal in this partnership, I have to be able to make myself happy. So I had to stop focusing on what he wasn't doing and start thinking about how to carve out the life that I wanted for myself with or without Barack. The more I succeeded in defining myself for myself, the better I was in my partnership. And that can sound maybe a little jarring, this idea of focusing on what he wasn't doing and start thinking about how to carve out the life that I wanted for myself with or without him. But I think there is something to be said about like, if I wasn't in this relationship, what would I be doing? Because I can tell you right now that if I were not in my marriage, this is exactly what I would be doing. I would be empowering women to live their best life. And when you stop pursuing what's down on the inside of you because you need this other person to meet you where you are, then that is a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure on them for them to make you happy and to give you purpose. But you have purpose outside of who you're married to. I'm going to say this over and over and over again. I know I'm the old married chick in the club trying to tell people that you don't need nobody, but I'm telling you right now that you have to find purpose within yourself outside of your relationship. Your relationship cannot be your sole purpose for existing. Before you met that person, you had purpose. While you're with that person, you have purpose. And maybe you're going through a breakup and you're wondering, who am I now? That's totally normal. But I want you to know that you have a purpose outside of that relationship. And being intentional about manifesting that when you're in a relationship is going to give you the tools you need to be a better partner for that person. Kimberly says, that's good. Kaylee says, yes, I agree. You cannot find your happiness in other Sherelle Stanley said, you teach, and this word is right on time. Lamisha Brown said, my therapist said I need to be okay alone. It's the scariest life to think about for me. I'm not married, but being alone is scary. <laughs> and Gloria said, you spit in bars, Pastor. You know, I think we have to figure out what being alone communicates to us. 
being alone can be scary, especially when you're inundated with so many things about love. But outside of like what I'm supposed to be married or everyone around me is married, I think really taking a minute, like what does it communicate to me? that I am alone? Does it make me feel like I'm not good enough? Does it make me feel like someone doesn't want me? Like, what is this communicating to me about myself? And is it true? Is it true? And why do I not feel like I have worth and value outside of being with someone? I think being lonely, like, oh, man, I wish I had a companion. Like, I think having moments of that is completely normal. But I think for that to kind of send us into this isolation and maybe even depression that we're unable to dig ourselves out means that our singleness and our loneliness is communicating something to us about our worth and our value that we are accepting as truth. I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, man, I wish I had somebody go to dinner with but I'd rather go to dinner by myself than to be with that raggedy joker who I let play me (laughs) you know what I mean like I think you got to be able to balance those normal feelings with the truth or you know I wish I could go to dinner but the truth is I need to take myself out to dinner because I don't know who I am and I'm liable to pop off at any moment like you got to be able to balance those feelings with truth you can't just let those feelings have the final say especially when they're making you feel like you don't have worth Natalie says we may be lonely but not alone Kivana says, how do you know when you've met your husband? How old is too old? Too old? I don't, what's too old for you to find your husband? Honey, I be seeing the saints out here, they be 80 years old, been done, found some love. I don't think it's ever too old for you, uh, late for you to find your husband. Send me a DM though, so that I can answer your question maybe on the next podcast. Crystal says, I wish I had someone to go to dinner with. Yeah, but we got to balance that thought with truth, but you got a friend, you got a book. You got a book you can go to dinner with. We got a podcast we can go to dinner with. We had to figure out something. Natalie says, yes, I'd rather eat alone without ashiness. Hello, ashiness. Do you know what ashiness is? It's somebody who don't put on lotion. And do you really want to be out at dinner with somebody who don't put on lotion? Because you don't even moisturize your own skin. How you going to moisturize my heart? Huh? Huh? How are you going to do that? Questions. Sisteri says, truth, no 0% husbands and relationships. Sandra Washington said, so true. Learning to be okay by myself. I'm a recent widow now. It's a scary and exciting time of discovery. Sandra, we're praying for you. So sorry for your loss. But I'm, I'm grateful that you're finding life on the other side of it. We'll continue to pray for you. Another thing I think that people should do is like when you guys are, you know, kind of learning to be single. This is what I did when I was. Because you have to learn to be single, saints. You don't just become, you don't just, some people are just, oh, Lord, I'm just happy to be single. And then they have to learn to be married. And some people are okay being married, but they have to learn to be single. I want you to learn how to be single. What is it that you need to do with your spare time? What gives you joy? What are things that you want to try? Where are places that you want to go? Don't just sit up being single, thinking about who you wish you could be with. Start really learning and investing in yourself and becoming so engulfed with the life around you that you're not waiting for someone to come take your hand and whisk you on an adventure girl you are an adventure do you hear me let that soak down in your spirit you are the adventure okay we don't need somebody to come and book you a little trip okay and take you on a sandals resort take yourself to a sandals resort all inclusive okay homegirls this is what i'm doing can you come can you not come i'm going by myself i'm going to denver for the woman evolve conference you heard me never been to denver i'm going to go ski i'm going to go live my best european life i'm going to go to the conference i'm going to go to the mountains i'm going to go ski you see what i'm saying i'm giving you ideas i'm giving you purpose okay let that marinate down in your soul. Ty Star says that's a whole word. 
Ray Wynn says, yes, I'm going through a divorce and I am learning how to be single again. It's hard, but worth it. <laughs> Jaleesa says, yes, learn to be single. I had to learn after ending a long relationship. I tell you what else you can do. Because they're trying to say something about this generation that I don't I don't believe it. They're trying to say that we don't know how to cook, not just the women, but the men in general. I'm telling you, go take a cooking class, okay? Don't just be content saying, I don't cook, that's not my thing. Learn something. Do something new. Maybe you don't want to make your mama's famous baked chicken. That's all right. Maybe you can't make your grandmother's macaroni and cheese. You know what you can make? A delicious meal from HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a, one of the sponsors for today's podcast. You know Part of the problem with us is that we have so many things to do that cooking just seems unrealistic, but we still want to have a delicious meal. That's where HelloFresh comes in. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and and prepping so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or even 20 minutes with their quick recipe options. HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients mean there's less prep for you and less food waste. Easily change your delivery days or food preferences and skip a week whenever you need. I've seen some of you tagging me in your post about HelloFresh. First of all, let me tell you something. I already know y'all, okay? I know y'all like y'all's food to be seasoned, okay? I know y'all like y'all's food to be delicious. I know y'all not trying to spend no money on nobody bringing no food to the house so that you can turn around and it be bland. Let me tell you, I'm telling you from the depths of my soul, let me tell you what I know about. I know about food. I know about the Holy Ghost. I know about scriptures. But you know what I knew before I knew any of that? I knew about carbs, okay? I knew about seasoned food. I knew about deliciousness. And HelloFresh actually has amazing amazing food I would not steer you wrong and I know that some of you are like me you've got big families they're picky you don't always know what to make for dinner HelloFresh takes the guesswork out of all of that all you have to do is once a week get on there pick out the meals that you want to try they are delivered right to your doorstep all you got to do is throw the stuff in the bowl or chop something up and throw it into the pan and voila there it is delicious meal okay I try to get extra fancy during dinner time with my HelloFresh meals so I be making like the little scallops and risotto and stuff you can't tell me nothing my kids ask me what's for dinner is it spaghetti is it baked chicken no hello fresh came i got something special for you tonight it's a little vuvuzhun with a little shrimp pavon and a little song 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 okay that's what i do when i make hello fresh and i want you to get like me and i know you are still on the fence about it so i told hello fresh we need to be able to give them a little bit more incentive to try it and that's why hello fresh is giving you 10 free meals and the shipping is included for free 10 free meals and free shipping now I don't know if I don't know what else we can do for you okay I'm trying to help you I'm trying to help your coins I'm trying to help you have delicious meals and I'm trying to help you eat like it's 1999 and everything was still cheap and we still had the opportunity to go out and eat every night okay so go to hellofresh.com slash 10 evolve that is HelloFresh.com slash 10Evolve and use code 10Evolve for 10 free meals, including free shipping. That's right. That's HelloFresh.com slash 10Evolve and use code 10Evolve for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Thank me later. Tag me. 
Tag me in your post when you go to HelloFresh.com slash one zero evolve. Tag me. I want to see what you over there cooking. I want to see how your husband is over there talking about, oh, she ready. I want to see how your homegirls was like, oh, look who cooking now. I want to see how your kids ate this food. Okay. Let me know how you spent Valentine's Day with yourself, doing you, minding your business, drinking your water, and thanking God that you ain't sitting next to Ashy, but whooping yourself up something delicious to make. Okay. Tag me. Angela Wilson says, say what? What's the code? 10 free meals, one zero evolve. Okay. Latasha says, I like 10 free meals and free shipping. That's my favorite. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help you. Okay. Tina Cole Lavender says, said, I've tried them before and it is great. I'm getting back on board soon. Okay. Patrice says, that's almost two weeks worth of dinner. Y'all, when I say y'all better ask somebody. Okay. So how about that? Advice. Okay. It's time for the advice section of the podcast. So when we take a moment and help our fellow sisters in the delegation out, okay? I, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes the delegation be struggling, okay? We need this podcast and we need this girl time because sometimes we be out here struggling and we need each other. Women need each other because sometimes we be going through stuff that our sister has graduated from, Okay. And when we're going through something that our sisters graduated from, the best thing we can do is help one another out. And that's what we do with the advice section of the podcast. So I'm going to start with our first question. It came in through the DMs. You may be listening and you're saying to yourself, saying, self, I want to send a question to the delegation. I want SJR to answer something that's happening in my life. You know what I want you to do? I want you to go to at Woman Evolve on Instagram, and I want you to send us that question. I want you to go to at SarahJakesRoberts.com, and I want you to send me that question. I'm here to serve you. I want to help you, okay? This first question says, Hi, Sarah. I need your advice. After seven years of being in a relationship and three years of marriage, my husband recently told me he doesn't want to be married or ever have children. I'm torn. Do I hold on, continue to pray for him and us or what? I love this man, but I want children and I also want my marriage. This was out of the blue. Although we have had our trials in the past, I'm still in total shock. He doesn't take responsibility for his lack of emotional support and only wants sex. If I gave it up every day, I feel like we wouldn't have this issue because he's happy. However, I can't give it up because emotionally he's not there. Sometimes I just want a hug, a kiss, or simply I love you. Please help. You know, I'm really sorry that this is happening to you because it is never, ever easy to end a marriage, even when someone isn't there emotionally. I think that when something ends, our natural reaction is, what did I do wrong? You know, what did I do that contributed to this marriage not working? You asked me, what do I do? And I want to let you know, it's really, really difficult to be married to someone who doesn't want to be married to you. Not sure that there's much you can do there. But I would say one of the things that I would start to focus on really is yourself. Because if you've been in a a relationship where you've been emotionally starved for the last seven years, then there's probably some damage, some traumas, minor as they may be, or maybe big and major that may have occurred that you really need to take a minute and assess How has me being emotionally starved and rejected in a relationship that was supposed to nourish and support me affected my self-esteem, affected my confidence? And I would really begin to dig into the work of being married to myself 
and allow that person to go through whatever transition it is they need to go through. I always, always suggest to people who are in situations like this where they're even considering the D word, right? They're considering divorce. It's the first during this time of separation when you guys are apart from one another to really become as whole as you can possibly be. You never want to make a decision from your brokenness. Even if you ultimately end up getting divorced, you don't want it to be, well, I'm leaving you because you left me. You want to be able to leave because you said, you know what? I went through the process. I am whole. I've, you know, sought a word from God. I've been accountable to my therapist, maybe to the people in my life. And I really feel like for the health of yourself and for the health of myself, that it's best if we aren't together anymore, because I know that us continuing to be together would produce more brokenness. But I think it's better to make a decision from that place, because like I said, divorce is challenging and you don't want to get divorced and still be stalking somebody on Instagram. You don't want to get divorced and still be wondering what's happening in the world and how are they moving? How are they functioning? How have they changed? When you get divorced, and I know this is such a big, scary word, and I'm not saying that divorce is the answer for everything and everyone. What I am saying saying is ultimately you want to be in a place of wholeness before making this decision of divorce. You guys can separate. You can begin to live your life separately while you're figuring things out. Maybe you both come to a place of wholeness and say, you know what? We want to build a life together. But there is something to be said about not using divorce as a weapon, but really as a tool to better build your life into a state of wholeness. But that takes a lot of work and a lot of responsibility, a lot of accountability. But I believe you're up for the task. So you asked me specifically in this question, I'm torn, what do I do? You can't make someone stay married to you if they don't want to be married to you. But what you can do is allow them to go and begin to live whatever journey it is they need to live while you do some assessment and some healing within yourself so that you can make the best decision for you moving forward. But I definitely wouldn't suggest that you allow someone to emotionally abuse you, verbally abuse you, and certainly not physically abuse you because they've made it clear that they don't want to be in a relationship and now they're mistreating you. Ain't nobody got time for that. You've been through too much to be sitting up letting somebody play you like this, okay, sis? So we're gonna have to take this L from him, but we're gonna have to find the win and the blessing and God revealing to us who he is right now before we spend any more time and any more years and now figure out how do we avoid being in a situation where, where we accept less than we deserve again, okay? But... Let's see what the delegation says, because I don't know nothing. Taylor says, you are such an awesome teacher, man. So relatable. I thank God for you. I thank God for you guys. You guys give me a space and a place. Natasha says, no kind of abuse is acceptable. Totally, totally agree. Jasmine says, we can't allow anyone to take our peace. I'm with you. Uh, Vania says, turn them loose, stink. You don't need that. You know stink is a term of endearment. I know it sounds like she just called you funky, but she didn't. She said, turn them loose, stink. I love you. Okay, we're going to turn them loose. Amir says, why did he marry her then child child we don't know the answer to why folks be doing the stuff that they doing but the question is are we gonna let him continue to do what he's been doing Andrea says wholeness is needed first before entering into a marriage when entering marriage and you enter broken those broken pieces cut each other it's time to heal I said something and then she says SJR said this before which is definitely something that I said Cassie says Sarah how can we talk in private I hope you see this message a nice topic though hey child them DMs sliding to them DMs Kita says you are a true blessing great advice good Kivana says oh, Sarah okay you guys Sarah she's you're amazing I love you guys okay I just want to see what the delegation says uh, when he says thank y'all for the love I love this space I just want to meet all of y'all if you guys have never been live with us on Facebook it is 
really a blessing to connect with some like-minded people. Lashana says, great advice, SJR. All right. Sounds like the delegation is in agreement. You got to take some time, do some healing and some seeking for yourself. The next question says, hi, Pastor Sis. I love that, <laughs> Pastor Sis. That's beautiful. She says, hi, Pastor Sis. Child, I'm sitting here watching you and Erica on YouTube. First of all, I thank God for women like you who are spirit-led and breaking ground for Christ while keeping it real and relevant to the times we live in. I pray God continues to provide resources and ideas for you to keep the train moving. Thank you. I'm believing in God for the same. She says, I have a question which I need yours and the delegation's input. I used to be such a dreamer. I had visions of what I thought I was called to do. I made efforts to try and follow that path. However, none of those doors opened until I got to a point where I'm so numb and question my reason for being. I feel like I'm just drifting without purpose. I'm 33 now and still don't have a calling. I've been seeking God for my purpose and my unique place of influence, but God has been quiet. My question is, how can I know what my calling is when everything I'm passionate about has failed? I'm struggling to find my place and my years are advancing. Any advice on seeking purpose? So I do have some advice that I think can be helpful for you. I did not set out on a journey to find purpose. I set out on a journey to help people. And when your desire is to help people, purpose finds you. I think a lot of times we make purpose seem like it's something that you can just go out and put into ways or put into Google Maps and it'll just show you the way to purpose. Purpose isn't easy to find like that for everyone. Some people are born and they're like, I knew from the moment I did this, this was my purpose. Other people, they have to take some time to kind of discover what works for them, how they're able to use their gifts and talents and resources to build this world. And I want to first let you know that you're right on time. You're 33. I know it seems like the clock is ticking and I'm running out of time and I want to be used and I hear what you're saying, but I want you to know that your timing and God's timing are two different things. Just because you haven't found it yet doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. I also want to encourage you to start serving, serve, serve, serve. Serving has revealed to almost everyone I know their purpose. They started serving and in some unrelated capacity, they just wanted to get involved. I just want to build something bigger than me. I just want to help people. I tried it my way. It didn't work. Now I'm going to try helping someone else build their dream. And in the process of finding that service, in the process of finding that ability to help other people, they learned that they were really good at certain things or they learned that they could add value in specific areas and seeing the impact of what they added made them become addicted to constantly adding impact wherever they go until ultimately purpose became right in front of them. It just was revealed to them. So I want to encourage you to serve, whether that's at a domestic abuse shelter, maybe it's at your local church and community. There are so many opportunities for us to serve and so few people who really carve out the time to serve. But let me tell you what serving does immediately. It gives your life purpose. You may not know your gifts and talents, but to be able to go into a shelter, to be able to go out onto the streets and to make sandwiches or or to help someone feel better after a really tough day, it immediately says what I did with my time and with my life today mattered. And I'm going to do it again tomorrow because I want to continue to make a difference in this world 
That is what purpose is about. Purpose is not about becoming rich. It's not about becoming famous. It's about what I can do to truly help someone. And that's exactly what I think you're going to have to do in order to really feel the value connected with your life and to understand your power and your ability to change the world. At the end of the day, especially with this social media generation, like all of us want to be world changers, but none of us know where to start because we think being a world changer means that we make this huge visible impact that the world takes notice of. And as many, like I have, I think 1.4 million followers, but Beyonce has like 140, 140 million. If I compare my 1.4 to Beyonce's 140, I could look at myself and I could say, man, I'm not making an impact. I'm not a household name. People don't know who I am. I, and I'm not doing things that I could be doing. But the truth is that I'm working my 1.4. Are you working your 14? Are you working your one? Are you working your 100? And 40, like you've got to be willing to work on your level to change the world that is available and within your reach. We talked about this last night on the In It to Win It series is really taking bite sized steps to purpose and destiny. And that's one of the things that we have to do because we think that impact has to be big, it has to be loud, and it has to be applauded. But the truth is, it just has to be effective. I want that to marinate a little bit. It doesn't have to be big and doesn't have to be loud. And most importantly, it doesn't have to be applauded in order for it to be real. The most incredible impact that any of us can make is when we know without a shadow of doubt within ourselves, outside of the validation that comes from other people, that today I did something that I know matters. And as you do that, you're going to begin to see your life really change. Jacqueline says, I am 56, baby. I've served all my life and wondered the same thing. Purpose has found me and it's a beautiful thing. And Pastor SJR, you are teaching today. If you touch one life, you are working on your level for sure. Amir says, I'm working my 2000 for sure. Sis, work your 2000. We all got something to work. Uh, Taniskia says, work your level, take bite-sized steps. That's it. That's it. Kelly Taylor says, effective. That's a word. Shanika McNeil says, serve it up. Great message. Watched it like three times and cried. So good, SJR. I preached a message, a message called Serve It Up. And it really talks about how we serve anointings that we're attracted to. We serve anointings that we know that God is using and how it ultimately puts us in position to be used in a way that maybe we could have Never imagine. Jennifer says, yes, girl, I received that little as much when God is in it. Callie Caesar says, one sip at a time, purpose will come. Absolutely. Selena says, we think that impact has to be big, loud, and applauded. Fact is, it just has to be effective. Come on, okay? So it sounds like the delegation is in agreement with these words of wisdom. Says, start serving, roll up your sleeves. I'm not trying to discredit how you feel, but I'm telling you, I know what can give you instant purpose to today, tomorrow. You can have instant purpose by rolling up your sleeves and volunteering in your community, volunteering in your church, and instantly your life has purpose and vision. Okay. Jacqueline says, how do I know that God is using me? You know that God is using you when the world begins to turn in the direction of the vision he had when he first formed us, when people are being healed, when people are being delivered, when people are being touched, when they are experiencing love, you're allowing God to flow through you. So I guess the best way to answer that is, you know, that God is using you when you are allowing God to flow through you while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. So that gift and that talent is not just yours and yours alone. That's God flowing through you. So you released your gift. You released 
used your talent. You allowed your love, your peace, your strategy, your wisdom to help make this world a better place. That's how you know God is using you. Okay, so how about that? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh man, I messed it up, but it's fine. Everything is fine, okay? Serve, serve, serve. Get your life together. Also, what you need to do is you need mentorship. Get connected to people who are doing things in the realm that you want to do. Sometimes getting connected is not actually having their number. It's listening to their thoughts. It's receiving the information they've put into the earth. It's picking up their book. I know you're thinking to yourself, sis, I don't have time to read another book. That's all right. I got a tool for you. I got a resource for you. It's called Blinkist. Let me tell you about Blinkist. Blinkist is a resource for those of you who are like me and don't have time to be reading all these books that Oprah and Reese Witherspoon and Lovey tells us that we should be reading. I want to read all these books, but the way my time is set up, I only have time to watch This Is Us tonight. It's Tuesday. I'm going home. I'm slapping my bonnet on my head and I'm watching This Is Us. Okay. How can I read all these books without reading all these books? That's where Blinkist comes in. Blinkist is this incredible tool that takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers list, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had time to. As a busy wife, mom, and businesswoman and leader, it can be challenging for me to find the time to educate myself the way that I know I need to. Blinkist allows me to get the support that I need without feeling like I'm being stretched too thin. And I want you to try Blinkist for a limited time. Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash evolve and try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash evolve to start your free seven day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash evolve. All right. Now, how about that? How about that, y'all? Okay. I I forgot my transition because I was in the flow with the advice question and then my transition. And then I was like, oop, I'm out here now. It's fine. Everything is fine. Okay. Adele says, yeah, yes, SJR watching This Is Us and Crying Tomorrow. I'll see if there is a book I need to be reading to help me evolve. For sure. And the beautiful part about this is it only takes about 15 minutes to kind of hear what's happening with that book. And once you hear what's happening with the book, you can decide like, hey, I need to dig deeper and actually read the book. So yes, Blinkist.com. It's, it's snack time in the sanctuary. Saints and friends, do you know what snack time is? Snack time. Is when we take a minute and I just share with you what God is showing me about myself and about the world and my process of evolving in hopes that it'll help you. And so I want to share with you something that I've just been marinating on and thinking some of you all know we're going on tour. The Refuse to Lose tour is going to be in eight cities. I'm going to try and name them all. I might forget, but we're going to do Philly. We're doing Detroit. We're doing Chicago. We're doing St. Louis. We're doing Fort Lauderdale. We're doing New Orleans. We're doing Houston. And we are doing one that I am forgetting 
Indianapolis, boom, shakalaka. Okay, so we're doing eight cities, right? So let me tell you how I am like super excited. If you've never been to a Woman Evolve event, it's just like watching like our podcast. Like we're laughing, we're crying, we're helping one another. But most importantly, the power of God is following and it's really powerful. God meets you exactly where you are. We don't ask you to be like a Bible thumper. We don't ask you to be a part of the Kojic convention, though we love Bible thumpers and we love people who are Kojic. We're just saying that you can come no matter what level you are on and we get into this environment and we just become authentic and we allow God to do whatever it is he's going to do. So we're going on tour. Last time we did tour, we did a night in the wild and we have retired that programming because it's just time for us to do something fresh. But you know what? Doing something fresh is scary. That's when I. That's what I want to talk to you about with this snack. So... If I'm honest, there's a part of me that is nervous about refuse to lose. I'm just wondering, like, so when I did a night in the wild, I had this incredible message about this woman in the wilderness, and it resonated with me and so many others so deeply. Now God just gave me this word, refuse to lose. He's like, you, I want my women to be positioned to win. I want them to be positioned to have a mindset and a mentality that refuses to accept loss. And so I've been studying, I've been praying, I believe God has given me a message, but it's kind of scary because I know that a night in the wild works. Like I had this theme for it. Like I knew, you know, just like minute by minute how the night was going to flow and how it was going to go. But now I'm having to lay down what I know works and to try to create something new and something fresh. And in the process of doing that, it's going to confront my insecurities. What if it's not good enough? What if it's not as great as last time? What if the women don't resonate with the messaging? Because when you are creating and manifesting what God has given you, there is no insurance about who it's for or how it's going to resonate in a room or whether or not it's going to be a effective. You just do it because it's what God said do. And so I'm in this process of really uh, readjusting this content and it is confronting my insecurities, but I want to write down, uh, I want to read rather what I wrote down. So starting over on tour, I had this incredible text last year. We retired that experience, but here's the thing. Okay. So you can dream all you want, but it's not until you're standing in the manifestation that you learn whether or not what was in your head actually makes sense. Yesterday's win will not help you with today's battle. You need a new strategy and new insecurities to confront. The win is about who you become by laying down what has been and laying hold of what is now. You've got to be willing to put yourself out there and risk failure to discover your limitations. So that's my snack for today. You will not know where your limitations or lack thereof are unless you put yourself out there. So a lot of times we have a guesstimate on where our limitations is. We have an idea in our mind that we can't do X, Y, and Z because it won't work. We have this limitation, but we don't know whether or not that limitation is true or false until we put ourselves out there. And when you put yourself out there, that's when you learn where your limitations really are. And so I want to free you from this idea of knowing where your limitations are while also playing it safe. The only way you know where your limitations are is because you stuck your neck out there and you said, wait a minute, that's not for me. Like, I know for sure that one of the limitations I have in this season is I'm not going to be your rapper. Okay. I want to be a rapper, but it's a limitation that I have. What I know for sure is that I've been called to preach the gospel, but 
how that is communicated, whether or not these events translate, whether or not people connect with, I won't know the limits on my call until I put myself out there. So I'm putting myself out there. And I want to challenge you to do the same. What I love about the Woman Evolve podcast is for the next 10 weeks, we get to walk with one another each and every week and update one another on how we are pursuing our call, how we are becoming the best version of ourselves. And this is one of the things that I hold so near and dear to my heart because I love sharing with you. I love hearing how you're growing, how you are becoming. One of the things that (laughs) I think I've said this over and over again on this podcast, but like I'm learning so much about structure. I'm learning so much about being a businesswoman and I'm learning about where my limits are there. And I can want to continue to share with you what I'm learning and how I'm growing. And I want you to do the same. So we're back. Season six of the Woman Evolve podcast is back in full effect. This time we are learning where the limits are. I'm not going to tell you that your life is limitless because the truth is we do have limits. We've got goals, we've got vision, and we need those limits so that we can channel our momentum into the direction of what works. Because when you learn where your limits are, you get to channel your momentum into the area that is limitless. Mm. I'm going to say that again without stuttering because I think it's a word for somebody, okay? When you learn where your limits are, it allows you to build the momentum necessary for you to channel your life, your energy, your purpose, your creativity into the area of your life where you will have no limits. There is a space where you have limitless potential, but you have to learn where the limits are first. And sometimes that feels like rejection. Sometimes it even feels like failure. I'm reminded of our friend who shared with us earlier about what she's experienced experiencing at 33 years old, feeling like everything she pursued somehow fell apart. I think that you just learned where your limits are. I think you learned that maybe you couldn't do business with friends. I think you learned that maybe you need to have a little bit more strategy before opening up a new venture. I think you learn where your limits are so that you could ultimately get into the lane where you are limitless. Let's see what the delegation thinks about this next. Hopefully it's helping them. Natalie Smith says, I want to become the best version of myself 2020. I had to do this momentum. Kiana says, learn where the limits are. It's a word. Deborah says, it's midnight here in Nigeria, 1 a.m. early morning, but I can't blink. I have to watch this to the end. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you, Deborah, for staying up and being a part of the delegation. Tanyash said, word for sure. Kiana says, love this snack. Listen, guys, we're back at it. And I can't wait to continue growing with you over the next 10 weeks. (laughs) You'll be with me on tour, I think, in Philly and some other city. We're going to be doing the Woman Evolve podcast live from on the road. And I can't wait to share with you how we're feeling. I can't wait to share, share with you how the experience has gone. Can't wait to grow with you. I love you. You know how we do. The podcast is not over until we've had prayer. So... Father, thank you so, so much for this platform. You could have chosen anyone in the world to touch these incredible women, but you have allowed me to create a safe space for the women who are on a journey to get to know you better and in the process reveal who they are in your eyes. God, it is my prayer that you would open our eyes to where our limits are so that we understand where we are limitless. Father, there's so much potential down on the inside of each of us. And I know that to be true because you do not just create by random. Everything you create has intentionality. Everything literally from the grass to the stars to the sun, you've created with intentionality. And I know that the same is true about our lives. So help us to understand our purpose. Help us to walk in it with confidence 
confidence and with ease, trusting that you've already gone ahead of us to make the crooked path straight. God, I thank you for each and every listener of the Woman Evolved podcast, both female and male, because I know the fellows are listening to. Be with us. Safe travel, safe journeys, safe creating, safe producing until now, until we meet again in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Holla back. Love you guys.